you want an insight into the minds of the industry professionals, then there's only one place to be. One place to be. The Ins and Out Podcast with your host, Kane Silver. Today on the Ins and Outs Podcast, we spoke to Sean Niles. Sean Niles is still a professional dancer and a professional choreographer. In this conversation, we talk about what it's like to be a celebrity. We talk about social media. We talk about taking class and we talk about dance jobs. Here is Sean Niles. Bloody travel bitch. So I saw on the news today, did you see our ant got pulled over? Oh yeah. Drink driving. So I think apparently he swerved over to the other side of the road and the free car pilot. Yeah, and there was a kid in the other car. Oh no. And yeah. they're like, he's not doing Saturday night takeaway now. Yeah. And they're, and they're, and and Saturday Night Takeaway, he said, I heard on the newspaper they're not doing any more shows because they're a two-piece. They won't do it without Yeah. Him. I mean, that's kind of cool. Mm. But they're like, oh, he, he won't do any more shows, but has he not got arrested? Yeah, he got arrested. Oh, I was going to yeah. say, because if that was anyone else, they'd be arrested. arrested. Yeah, yeah, he got arrested straight away. Um, and uh, when I heard it on the news, there was a girl saying, I can't believe he's been arrested in front of my face. What are you saying, like? You must be a super fan. Right, the world's on camera now, so you know, camera's for life. You almost <laughs> killed me, but I still love you. I, right, just taking the, the last snap. He seems troubled. I know, because he was in rehab beforehand, I think. And now he's, um, then he got out, obviously. But now I think he must have... Because that was when rehab. he was in the jungle, right? He was doing rehab when it was the jungle on. Was he? Before Christmas, oh. I think. Did for Celebrity Get Me Out of Here. Yeah. When he was doing that, I think it was rehab time. Outside, rehab in Australia, though. Or maybe before it. I don't know, something around that time, but he was going through a divorce as well, I think. Oh, yeah, no, in the paper, that's what I saw. So he's had a rough, like, year. I know, right? Poor, poor thing. Poor man. Yeah, because Saturday Night Takeaways only just come back. Yeah. I did the first one. Yeah. Like, fame fucks you. Dude. Because what happens is with fame as well, I, I, I figured out. When you do all this reality stuff, they get you on there and they have you doing things like cussing people out and sleeping with this person's birth, boyfriend or girlfriend and yada yada, and then the show finishes and you're left. And that's what the world knows you as. Yeah, to deal with that. Yeah. What they've tried to make you be portrayed as. Mm-hmm. I was thinking the other day, I was like, actually, like think of all like the teenage like stars. Everyone who become like like Anne and Deck, if you think they become stars when they were like real young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you think of everyone that becomes stars when they were real, real young, they're all fucked. Yeah. Like Lindsay Lohan, crazy. Fucked. Like and then I think about it and I'm like, Bieber's actually done okay. Mm. Well he did go a bit crazy though, didn't he? Well he just found God. I mean, before some that, people might say that's crazy. Yeah. But but did he not go crazy before that? Was he not, like, doing crazy stuff? Like, breaking down stuff? I swear, didn't he have a concert where he broke down and cried to, uh, he cried to the crowd? I don't know. When I watched him in London, he was whack. Right, he told everyone to be quiet, like, four yeah, see, times. And I was crazy. like, what yeah. are you... Like, <laughs> we just paid, like, £100 a year. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like... You, he, he's never had a chance to be a normal person. Because, obviously, when people get... Um, famous when they're young they don't get a chance to live their youth or their adolescence without 10,000 people watching them or like millions of people watching them like they grew up in the spotlight like Michael Jackson grew up in the spotlight yes Bieber I think he was like 13 when he was signed yeah 12 so it's from his 12 years old just think of all the things that you did all that yeah well everything that we did which was classed as naughty Mm. like they probably not been able to do because they'd get ridiculed for it or even doing it but people more than just your parents finding out your friends the whole world knows that you smack someone in the face or that you got drunk somewhere. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. It's a hard life. Like fame is not... Fame is not something easy. It's, it's 
isn't no. it? Crazy. It's um. Well, no, it's not easy, yeah. but it's not. I think it's not as glamorous as everyone makes it out to yeah, be. Yeah, exactly. I think you know if you peel the layers back, mm. the people who seem glamorous. I think if you peel those layers back, they probably got quite a lot of emptiness. And, and the thing is, I think people forget that everyone's just a normal person, regardless of their fame. It's just your job. It's your job that makes you famous. You aren't famous because you've done, you're doing anything special. It's the job you picked to do that's in the limelight, it's in the entertainment industry. So naturally, it comes with fame. It doesn't like a plumber's job doesn't you're not supposed to be a plumber but when you work in the entertainment industry and you're on TV and there's cameras around that's the job you've picked it's nothing you're not doing anything special so to speak it's just more people know you for your work yeah because it's in the in the limelight yeah which is very stressful yeah if you think about it you don't know many famous like I'm sure there are world famous hairdressers mm. but I mean no one on the scale of Justin Bieber yeah or unless like, it's from a TV show or like mm, you know something like that even that you don't get that yeah, you have to be consistent for it to be for you to be famous as a hairdresser. You have to your work has to be consistent. Like as a singer, you always put out a song, so your song will always get what's the word? Your song will always get cured, promoted, <laughs> promoted. Your yeah. work, will, your work will always get promoted. Yeah. Because of the industry. Yeah. But your hairdresser work will always get promoted on that same level. But just on your local high street. Yeah. <laughs> Not the same scale. Yeah, I saw that today about and I thought, poor man. I know, right? Rough That's times. Really like going through a divorce. Not that I'm, I'm married or been married, but from what I know of divorce or I've seen of divorce, going through that is, is tough. Yeah, I'm and sure everybody know that you're going through that, and everyone having their own opinions. That's what Twitter and stuff, and has given it's opened the Pandora's box where everybody thinks they have an opinion on your life. People are entitled to their own opinions, but not to their own facts. Yeah. So, you can have an opinion of something, but it's not the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Twitter and social media has completely changed yeah. the world. Everyone thinks they have an opinion on what it is. And everyone thinks they know something because mm. of it. And everyone thinks they're right. That's what it is. <laughs> well, have you seen in, um, I think it's China, now that they're going to do, well, they're talking about it, that they're going to do like a social... You're, you're going to be rated on like your social status. Wasn't that a Black Mirror episode as well? Yeah, so it was on a Black Mirror episode, but mm. apparently, I mean, I don't know how true this is. Uh. I think I read it on like a Facebook feed or some shit like that, so it's probably not true. Yeah. But let's just say it is for shit's sake. Mm. Like that you'll get rated on like your social, like your social status will put you as what class of a person you are. Oh, no, no. So instead of like what money you earn, yeah. you'll be rated as a high class, lower class, middle class person due to your social status of how many friends or how many likes or followers you get oh, and that'll entirely do certain jobs that is crazy I mean I hope it's crazy yeah I might just be chatting pure cat poo but, uh, yeah. but either way like can you imagine it's fucked but I'm sure it'll get to that one day when I was in LA um, like you'd apply for a castings and they would respond with how many followers have you got yeah, it's and I'd be like 300 and they'd be like no mm, it's like that now really for work and stuff like even for like dance work Trying, they want to know how many people follow you, how how popular, popular like even classes in the late or teaching at workshops and stuff. <coughs> they want to check out your, how much people you have on social media and how many people follow you. Back in the day, you didn't have social media, and we well, had a little bit of YouTube, but it wasn't at the extent that it is now with like Instagram and Snapchat and Twitter and Facebook. So you were just good because people knew you were good. Yeah. Because on Instagram, you can look amazing. Because you can only show the best bit. Yeah, and with filters, a lot of filters, and that's the only that's 
the only the only one minute they see of you is you being supposedly your best. Yeah. But the content of what you're teaching or what you're doing isn't that great. But because people like the classes nowadays they're very simple, I find. No one teaches you like they used to, you used to get taught. You had to have loads of strings in your bows when I started. You had to be really versatile to get work because you never know what you're gonna do or what you're gonna do on the job. Yeah. So you had to be you had to in yourself train, but now people are stuck in their own style. They make a little video, they they choreograph the popular song, really easy moves that everyone can do and everyone will feel good doing it. Yeah. It's not necessarily hard because no one wants to get challenged anymore. Yeah. Only easy right, quick fame. Yeah, and I notice people now even, you know, they even teach to music which is newly released just so they know that that's going to get searched mm. so they know that they're going to get more views and that's going to give them a better social status mm. and crazy. which might possibly make their class busier because mm. then more people have seen those people dance yeah yeah it's, it's still, I get it it's still good it does cater to a certain to a certain demographic but I feel you're never going to evolve if you always do the same easy steps you're always going to be good at that like it's for class to me I shouldn't you can go to certain classes and see certain people in the group but they should be able to go to, go to any class technically and still be able to get into a, uh, a group at the end a performance group so to speak yeah and not that that's the end goal but yeah. they should be able to do well in all classes yeah you shouldn't be able to do well in one star yeah because that one star you probably won't ever do a job in that star no unless you're like a specialist where it's like you're you're like a bone breaker yeah or, or like you can have speciality, like so you can be a popper or you can be a breaker or like you can do jazz funk, you can just be, do hip hop. But to work commercially, you should be able to do everything. Like if you do a job like X Factor or The Voice or anything TV based really, you're gonna have to do more than one style. Yes. Well there's on, more than one choreographer. Yeah, on that job. But even the choreographer's gonna the the choreographer will have would have trained in more than one style so they can do whatever they is asked of them of on the job mm-hmm. so the dancers should have the same mind frame because you shouldn't give a, a choreographer an excuse not to hire you like oh they're good at this but they can't do that but so they can't do that them. like you should be able to get a pool of dancers where it's just t- 10 or 16 dancers that you use for that job and not have to outsource and get people in for certain weeks because those 10 to six, ten or 16 people can do everything you need from them yeah you can get enough required mm-hmm. I agree you get nowadays. <laughs> so what was it different when you first started dancing do you think compared to now oh, absolutely so for everyone that doesn't know because we didn't really give an introduction then sean is a long time professional dancer yeah. now a choreographer and a creative and a lovely human being try to be try to be I don't know um so how long have you been dancing now professionally Ooh, since i was 16 and now i'm 35 Ugh, i'm old you don't look it. That's right, honey. Black don't crack. I'll say it because you're about to. <laughs> Coconut water. Coconut water. And moisturised. Creme de la mer. Right. Well, no, creme de la mer's got petroleum in it. Is that out now? Yeah. I remember yeah. when you and Biebs and Cisco and all that used to buy creme de la mer. Yeah. yeah. Before you found out it was the devil. Yeah, exactly. Now just Disclaimer so we don't get sued right. by creme de la mer. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> Is bad for you. What? Mm. Yeah, no. Plus I'm black anyway, so drink a lot of water, guys. So 16 when you started, 16. what was the industry like then when you first started? It actually took me ages to get into it because I was, I'm huge, I'm like 6'3", six, 6'1", six, for work purposes, <laughs> <laughs> I'm 6'3", and no one was as tall as me, 
Yeah, but when you're dancing, I feel like you're taller than six three, only because your arms are so long. That's right, honey. You've got the longest reach ever. More limbs, yeah, more limbs. But you hit a mean plie. <laughs> a cute reach around. Yeah. <laughs> I can give you a cute plie. I can dance 5'10 comfortably. And I had to, because no one else was my height. I've been your opposite before. Mm, see? Cheryl Cole. Oh, yeah. Remember? That's right. Children in Need. Children in Need. Dance on concrete, guys. Dancing I'm 5'8. <laughs> see? I dance 5'8 comfortably. Get them levels, honey. Well, yeah. I dance six foot. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's right. You dance six foot, guys. So, do you think it's so? How did you get into the industry? You said it took you so long. Well, what um, do you mean by that? I just I would, I was always auditioning, and no one no one could ever hire me because no one was as tall. It sounds arrogant, or pretentious. Either one, you pick one. But no one was as good as I was. Get it. <laughs> so I never had an opposite. Yeah. Which is very very annoying. And I'm black, so it was, it was always white kids. When I started, there was, there was always a token black, and I was a token for a minute. And you can't be token and too tall. Yeah, right. There's two strikes. Third strike, <laughs> I'm in jail, girl. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, it was always, it's just always hard. Um, audition, like, even for Priscilla, Priscilla Samuels is gangster, guys. She's a choreographer, right? Yeah. Do your research. She did, like, she danced from back in the day. I used to watch her dance. She, like, did Apache Indian. It used to be her and Paulette from back in the day, like Tommy Pops days. And she choreographed, I think she choreographed the Spice Girls tour when they first started. And then she would always say to me, I want to hire you, but I just can't find someone to be your opposite. Like she did Jamelia money video back in the day. And then, then she hired me on, well, she actually hired me. I did Victoria Beckham, audition for, for Victoria Beckham, massive audition, where Calvin tried to punk me, Calvin Francis, that is. Sounds basically, about right. So basically, we did the audition, right? Say the audition, yada yada. They said they're gonna they're gonna call us the following, the following day or that night to tell you if you're successful or not. Um, and then we're walking around the streets of London, and Calvin calls me, pretends to be it was Mark Summers, he pretends to be working for Mark Summers. Like, yeah, you got the job. And I was like, ah, oh, I got it, guys. And then I look around, and Calvin's <laughs> on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> but Sounds then, about right. I actually did get the call when I was still with him. In your face. <laughs> so I still actually bought the job <laughs> thanks Kelvin end of the last life last life last laugh um, and then it was Lavelle Smith yeah Lavelle yeah he was choreographing for Victoria I used to assist Lavelle in LA yeah you did so did Pete right Pete Francis no he did Travis Payne oh there we go right same catlerfish mm-hmm. all jackos yeah right YouTube Lavelle YouTube Lavelle guys do your research so booked it through him and then he got let go should I say that? So yeah so it's got, the truth yeah, right and then they hired do you know why he got let go? no no idea did he, did he seem crazy? no 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 we only literally we had I think we had one day rehearsal with him one evening with secret location which I reckon very secretive signed an NDA <laughs> yeah um, and then Priscilla did it choreographed it Mm. I finally got to work with her I've been trying to work with her for ages she was the G she still is the G she was that G. your entrance into like yeah. the industry yes and that's when I first worked with Jerry Reeve Jerry Reeve yep and I he actually, was a dancer then as well yeah I actually saw Jerry the year before because I was in the Brit school and I went to, to go to the Brit Awards so I went to the Brit Awards and saw Jerry doing Jerry Halliwell on stage <laughs> Jerry doing Jerry yeah right Jerry doing Jerry yeah. um, and then I worked with him the following year Doing Richard Beckham. 
So you just said you went to Brit school. Yeah. How old were you when you went to Brit school? Fifteen. It's because my birthday was my birthday's late. So the school year start started when I was still fifteen, and then I left when I was sixteen. So you just did one year of training. And I did two because my birthday's late. Ah. Uh, the um, academic year starts weird. So you did like a year and eleven months. No. Yeah. Well, if you started at fifteen and left at sixteen. Yes. Okay. Firstly, don't shout at me again on okay. camera. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I did, um, and I started dancing. I started working straight away. She, actually, Victoria wasn't my first job. I danced for um, Sharice, and she was in a group called Big Brothers. Oh yeah. This is Big Bro. Da, 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 Taking da, over the show. Yeah. yeah da, da, da. But I think that's the wrong rhythm, but the right words. Yeah. Right. That's it. Wrong counts, right moves. But before she was in the group, she was in. She was solo. And she won. She won a MOBO for like best unsigned act or something mm-hmm. like that. I did her school tours. School tours were the way forward. Was that just going around high schools? Yep, literally. Epic. All around England, I made so much money, guys. Like it was, we were away. And then there's probably venues. There's a lot of schools. Yeah, <laughs> More than theatres. We, we did schools like literally school halls, like the lunch halls would be in there performing. Epic. So, yeah. Did that. I bet shit sound system, shit lights. Yeah. But good fun. But good money, yeah. Screaming kids. Mm-hmm. And then she... <laughs> and then we stopped doing that because one day we had a pickup. So, I had a tour manager that she had a fight with. Don't mess around me, guys. <laughs> and he didn't... He wouldn't pick me up from my house. So I had to get the night bus to a meeting point at four in the morning. We are going away for a week. Got to her house at like six... And then she didn't want to come out. She didn't want to go because she was tired. We've been doing like two months solid, so I get it. But then, and then the tour got cancelled. And I think she, yeah, they let her go after that. She didn't do anything after that. No, and then she, next time, next thing I knew, she was in Big Brothers. She huh. cancelled that. Yeah. So, what happened after that? What happened after when she met? Did Victoria Beckham then? So you did Victoria Beckham? No, after after Sharice, I did a uh, Aaron Soul. Okay. Footballer, another school tour, great fun, yada yada. Then I did try back. School tours were popping then, right? I didn't go on. Because you used to have school Two. tours and you'd do um, road shows on those school tours as well. So as well as doing schools, you'd do like, there used to, there used to be a, a TV show called Smash Hits. Yeah. And they had a Smash Hits poll winners party, which is kind of like uh, Summertime Ball now, but it would be in different um, cities oh, wow. in England. So it would travel around as well. So I'd be doing my gig. And then I'd see all the people, all the other dancers on, like, Blue were on it. Some people was doing Blue. Uh, Craig Stein also was doing Blue. Destiny's Child were on this tour. Shalina was on there, like, old school Paul Roberts kids. Yeah. That's when it was popping, honey. <laughs> That's when you used to get cars from your house. Wherever. <laughs> you, get, you got really looked after them. Yes, honey. And the money was good. The days of Top of Pops. What were the wages then? Yeah. So, actually... It was still the wages were still what they kind of are now, but not because we had to, we had a lot more shows to do. Yeah. So you'd have this, you'd have school tours, and you'd have like road shows, plus you'd have TVs like Top of the Pops, SMTV Live, CD UK. I did live and kicking mm-hmm. in Scotland, like I travelled honey, <laughs> really good. So you'd be getting like two fifty a show. Yep, and for Top of the Pops you get four six eight, because they'll pay you half of a repeat fee so you'll you get paid half of the fee for the for the show in case they played it in case they played it again just in case not because they were going to play just in case just in case they did yeah. 
And then if they played it in another country, you'd get, um, you would say it was a residual now, but you'd get like a... A repeat fee. Yeah, a repeat fee for other countries. Like you wouldn't have to, you'd just get a check through the door saying they've played it in Germany. Here's your fee. Yeah, that's what it was like in LA when I was there. Yeah. I'd get like 36 cents <laughs> through the mail just because they showed a clip of Little Mix on X Factor. I still get two two fifty. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Like yeah. the full fee? Yeah, the full fee. Wow, how times have changed. Right. And like I did with, with Victoria, I did um, I did every TV show you could ever think of. Because we had, t- and we had TRL as well. And there was another one in, there used to be a TV show in Leicester Square. There used to be a club called Sound Republic. And then it was a TV show studio on top of it. I think it was, it was Nickelodeon for a while. Mm-hmm. And there was something else there. Damn it. But we did TRL, I did... Top the Pops, she had two singles out at the time, so we did two show, two performances, and then I did CDUK again, and then CDUK, no. so I did, so I did, one day I did Top the Pops, the Thursday show, the Thursday night show, then I did shot Top the Pops Saturday as well, then I did Top the Pops Christmas special, all in one day. Wow. The coin was cute. That's a good day. Yeah, it was, yeah. What was she like, Victoria Beckham? Awesome. She nice? She's absolutely lovely. She's so funny. And so, like, you obviously you expect from fame and what the media wants you to think she is. Not that media's bad. Well, I just did. She doesn't come across like a funny person. Mm, she is hilarious. She's so, she's so witty and funny. She's, like, she's awesome. She's, she's awesome. She's a very clever woman. Yeah, yeah. She like, she's killing it now. That's yeah. a, she's an entrepreneur. She tells us all these stories and stuff. Obviously, NDA can't talk. But <laughs> she's hilarious. She's so, like... Baby Spice used to steal my perfume. Right. <laughs> I've actually danced her. Which ones? Victoria, Baby, and Ginger. Oh. Yeah. Done done those three. Ginger Spice was my favourite. Obviously, because I'm Ginger, I was like, she's holding it down. She's holding it down. And back then, there was no other Gingers. Just just me and her. Yeah. (laughs) Flying the flag. Was she nice? No. Why? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. It wasn't raining men? (laughs) No, apparently not. It wasn't. Maybe she thought you were cute and knew you were gay. No, it's not even that. No? Because it had nothing to do with me. She just wasn't very... Like, like we, we couldn't have... We couldn't tell her that we had danced with somebody else. She wanted people that were fresh out of college. Like, just for her? Yeah. Like, like a, she wanted her own minions? Yeah. Like, one of the other guys in the job said that came up a conversation they were talking and he said that he danced with someone else and then the next day he was let go wow and that's crazy yeah and she yeah but surely you'd think oh yeah that means he's got experience I want him yeah no apparently not I get it you, you she could have wanted dancers that just heard dancers yeah but I didn't train to so dance just for her yeah just <laughs> because and you went out when I finished college so what, what was I going to do? Just wait around for you to one day say, oh yeah, you want to dance with me? Yeah. Yeah, no. So when you, you, obviously you started working out of college and you did all, like lot, obviously lot, you got a lot of experience in such a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what was the part which like shocked you the most when you first went into the, the industry of performing? What was like the biggest eye opener for you? Hmm. Oh, as in, as in what, as in what, as in... Was in like... A bad shock or a good shock or... Both. Was there anything which is like, oh my God, like, I remember the first time I did a live TV set, 
and I walked on and I literally thought, oh my God, this looks actually nothing like it does on TV. Oh, right. Like, you know, for me, that was a huge shock. Right, right. I didn't, it was just weird. I was like, on TV, X Factor looks huge and you get there and it's really not that big. Uh-huh. I think doing my first Top of the Pops was, was not, not a bad shock. It was like, I was anxious and mm-hmm. nervous. Cause I, cause I, because I'd grown up watching it and I remember one of my friends in school said to me, not that I knew I was going to dance when I left school, so I didn't ask him to dance. But I always used to be the one at the, at the school discos, busting the move. That's right, living your life. Um, but she said to me, like, remember me when you're on top of the pops. pops. And I remember going on stage and thinking, thinking what she said to me, like, oh, I'm actually here now. I've top made it. Pops. Yeah. And I think Victoria Beckham was my first top of the pops. Yeah. And we danced in a square. The, the stage was, she was in the middle of it, and we danced in a square around her. They built this crazy set, and we had to rotate while dancing. Facing outwards, like three sixty stage. Or yeah, but facing inwards. It was a three sixty stage. It wasn't shot three sixty though. But we were three sixty, so we would just uh-huh. rotate around her, which was diff- not difficult, but it was new to me. That's different. You don't really see stuff like that yeah, often no. anymore. No, now, now it's about the the camera people have their own agenda. But it's really weird that because they only have their agenda for like English people. Because I know when Janet did it, she they watched it back after she did the take to see if they liked it or not. The group really? did, yeah. To see if they liked it. Yeah, here they did. Or, or and if she liked it. And if not, we would, they would have done it again. Yeah. Different roles for different people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, how old were you when you started? Like, I remember when I first met you. I mean, this was, what, ten years ago almost? Maybe a little less, like nine, eight or nine years ago. And you were in 2XS then. Okay. How old were you when 2XS started? Was that... no idea how old I was. I want to say, like, 24, 25. What what was that like being a part of that when it first started? See, I wasn't really that in it that much. I was in it, but no, I wasn't committed. Like I didn't. I only did. I think I only ever did one, two shows for them. But I was always around, like a groupie. I remember being <laughs> seventeen and sixteen, and two XS was the coolest thing in yeah, the world. It was. It was, but it felt like sometimes it felt like you were just dancing forever because they used to rehearse on Sundays. And obviously, I mean, I want to kiki and go out on a, on a Saturday night, yeah. <laughs> and and go into rehearsal on Sunday, all were hard. Yeah, I used to get a, bu- a mega bus from Cardiff Ugh. all the way to London for like four hours. Yep. Four for hours a three hour to access rehearsal and then bus back home. Yep. No. And it felt like the, like the first few times, it felt like the coolest thing in the world. And then after that, I was like, the I am dead. A novelty wore off. But we didn't have much dance in Cardiff, so. Right, right, yeah. Like, it, it was great. It, um, it was a. Uh, it was great training. I can't, yeah, you can't deny that. It was great training. It was, oh, back in the day, there used to be so many dance groups, so many different dance groups. There was like, Image, I started in size nine, then there was Image, and then it was To Excess, and then there's Plague, and then there's Boy Blue. I, did, I was in Plague or Boy Blue. <laughs> and then, there's just so many. There was Culture Shock still going. And there was more dance, I feel like there's more dance shows then. Yeah. Now there's lots of dance competitions, mm. but I feel like there was more dance shows then, right? Yeah, like yeah, showcase yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. There's, yeah there's, when I was in Zoo Nation, there was like a show every week, almost, it seemed like. Great though. And then we had, we had carnival as well for a little while. What was Zoo Nation like? Great fun. Awesome. It was really good. Yeah. Were you in the original Zoo, uh, Into the Hoods week. cast? No, no, no. Yeah. Original um, Into the Hoods cast. Part of the creators. There was like 10 of us. It was the original cast. Was that the first show? 
the first, as in like first as the Into the Hoods was the first theatre show they did, right? Yeah, yeah. We used to perform a lot. We did like loads of different shows at like Sadler's Wells and the Place Theatre. We did a show called Gigging because we, <laughs> when you worked a lot back in the day, <clears throat> it was you were like I'm gigging girl. I can't. I'm gigging. I'm, gigging. I'm, on, I'm on another gig girl. What are you doing? Gigging girl. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was in 04, 2004. We did gigging. It was great. Great fun. Great family. Like dance troops are a great way to have a, a family outside of your family. Because as a dancer, you meet, you get to work with your friends. Yeah. A lot. So it just seems like you're, you're, it's a good community to be a part of. There's not many dance troops anymore really, is there? No, not really. Like, well, not that I see within London yeah. outside of London there is mm-hmm. because I think if you're like well when I am when I was in Cardiff that was all we had it yeah. was like 10 of us so that was our troop because there was no other options mm-hmm. but I feel like now there's studios yeah. and you can take from a variety of classes you don't really have dance troops anymore no because no. We, we used to rehearse a lot like to excess every Sunday and then there was company class every Thursday so you had to be you had to be a company class on a Thursday and you had to be at um, rehearsals on a Sunday two days out of your week plus working it doesn't seem like a lot but it was a lot <laughs> I can tell by your face in you're th- like it doesn't seem like a lot in but theory, it felt like a lot yeah, in theory it doesn't seem like a lot in practicality it's a lot <clears throat> it's a lot it's a lot yeah so then uh, how did you what was your big break so after yours you went into Zoo Nation and you did Into the Hoods Into the Hoods what was that like doing the first ever theatre hip hop show because I remember watching that on the news. I remember seeing it on posters and billboards. Uh, Jeffrey doing his invert. Yeah, right. My inverts were sick back in the day. No longer there. I'm old now, guys. No flips or floor work. Yeah, it was it was a great thing to be a part of. The first show we ever did was Boots, though. Boots by Boots. I mean, from the way. If you ever saw it now, not that it's going to be on now. Or when we finished it, the first the first lot finished it, like the original cast. The, the, the first time we did it we were in our own clothes my costume was just literally I had a I was stepmom so I had a, we got a piece of material literally a piece of material and sewed a piece of elastic around it and that was my skirt <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was it no budget no budget no budget not quite like Victoria Beckham no absolutely not but we did we, we, we did our we had a night set as well so basically we got commissioned to do a night uh, we did a, a, a show and Hakeem, Hakeem, I don't know what he's yeah. to. He, his troupe did a show as well, and I think ours was on second, and that's when it took off after that. We went in and did like R&D, more on R&D, and then went to, um, went to Edinburgh Festival with it first year, then did it again, second year at the Adabelli, and then it got sold, someone pitched to sell it, and then we did it in London for six months, I think, at the Novello Theatre, the longest running hip hop show in the West End. Just saying. Still to this date? Yes. Oh. Or actually, maybe um, Someone Like a Hip Hop was taken over. Maybe. I'm not sure. But Someone Like a Hip Hop was the second show that I didn't do. Well, actually, I did do it. You did do it. You got called in, right? Yes. I got called in and I learned it in a day. The whole show in the a day? The whole show in a day. Who did you cover? I covered... Oh, what is his name? Basically covered the... The lab... The governor, who was lead, I was his sidekick, which is like a little lead. Yeah. And I learned the whole thing in a day, and was very stressed because it was it's all sound effects. A lot of the numbers were sound effects and counts. And I did so many mistakes. Like one number, 
Tanisha is my hunger. They went to college together. She's my confidant, my dame. She's my chick. She's my chick. She's my chick. Um, we did a number, and she was my partner. Um, um, Sean Smith was in it as well, another great dancer. And he's supposed to be, he's sitting next to me. But it's all sound effects, and it's all like, it's with a prop, like a piece of paper and a typewriter and stuff. Mm -hmm. It's all sound effects. And I know this in a day, boo boo. <laughs> as well as the rest of the You're show. playing follow the leader. Right. And I, I forgot what was next. And my character's supposed to be angry and such. I wanted to look at Sean and see. I'm at the front too, right in front of the stage. Can't look behind me. So I look at Sean Smith, but his character's supposed to go wrong. So he's just going wrong. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> Can so I be that guy? <laughs> so I literally had to screw up my piece of paper and throw it in character. I was like, Nice. And just sat there. Well, no one in the audience would know. No. And then there's another number where we're, um, we're, we're gambling at a table and then we have cards and like poker chips and stuff on the table. And at one point I go, we're supposed to run away from the, table, from the table with the cards in our hand. I run away from the table, put my hands up with no cards. I'm like, yeah, great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're failing here. Very fun. Great going show. down, going down. Yeah. And, and then there's a, at the end of it, there's a, a scene called Kicking Off where we're fighting the good guys um, and we're the baddies. And I try to fight the governor <laughs> because, and he's on my side. Yeah. But obviously, I, I forgot. <laughs> so I'm running around fighting people and then just kicking everyone. Kicking everyone. Yeah, it was hilarious. Big flying kicks. Yep. You, you did another show that you learned in the day, right? Yes. So, what show was that? It was it was live at the Palladium for a singer. It was like a Michael McIntyre show. An American singer. What's the song she sings? Uh, I don't know what it is. I don't know who she is. She can't be great. No, she, no, it was a really big song. Oh, I think she sings that, that, this is my fight song. This is my fight song. Not this clear. is my fight song. Wait, I'm gonna find <laughs> Google. it. Google. Yeah, I'm finding it. This is my fight song. Yeah. So you learned that in a day? I learned, not in a day, I learned it in 30 minutes. In 30 minutes? Yeah. Because another dancer had to leave due to a family emergency. Yeah. So what, you just got called in? I was literally in the gym in Soho, Covent Garden. Rachel Platten, that's who it was. Rachel Platten. Rachel Platten. Mm. And obviously they had rehearsed all week. And then he had to go, he had to leave. And he phoned me and said, are you around? And I said, yeah, yeah, I'm just, in, I'm just in town now. So I come over, went over, learned it in 30 minutes. And by learn it, I mean I learned transitions. I learned cannons. I learned positions. <laughs> I learned, <laughs> like, start the choreography here, then jump, then stop doing it and jump to the chorus in 30 minutes <laughs> then on stage then went and we did a went on stage no sound check and it's not no it wasn't live it was pre-recorded but it's still recorded we did it once and I come off stage and, the, and Rachel Platten was like who are you and I was like yeah I'm replacing one of the guys because he had to leave she even I was there I didn't know who I was yeah <laughs> it was so stressful how did it go fine it went down fine any flames I think two but you can't see them you can't see them. No. Hit them well. I was at the front again. <laughs> of course. With no How one. are you at the front when you're six foot five? Exactly. Well, Bissola was doing it too, and I was dancing for Bissola. Yeah, he's and, tall. Yeah, and he was the opposite. But he's at the back, and I'm at the front of the, of the diagonal line, so I can't even look behind me and see. Ugh, uh, my audience. <laughs> the struggle. The struggle was real. The struggle is so real. Um, so, what, when you were when you were early in your dance career, did you have any like mentors? Was there someone that you really looked up to? Did you have anyone mentor you? Was there anyone which really like helped you, like guided you in the direction that you 
you um, followed? No, not really. I had like people that I wanted to work for. Who were they? Who inspired you? Priscilla, obviously. Um, Janet Jackson was my ins- one of my inspirations. Well, major, but not necessarily Janet. The choreography. So Tina Landon and Gil Doldaleo. Gil Doldaleo. Doldaleo. Yes. I think no, everyone no. will butcher that name. Yeah. No, Doldaleo. Doldaleo. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm saying it right. But him, his choreography is just like, and then Tony Testa was, but he was late inspiration. But what, Gil, what did you like so much about them, especially Gil? I don't know. He's just, just his musicality and his eye, his choices. Choices. His choices. His choices. And the things he does in the choreography is, is I find, incredible. Yeah. His mind. It is a lot of details, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, a lot of Really uses his hands a lot mm-hmm. as well. I love the detail. And I love Sasha Grab. <laughs> he's so good his snatches were so good he still is very good as well as a dancer what was that um, performance you showed me with Strawberry him, Bounce Strawberry Bounce of him Nick yeah. Bass mm-hmm. Brian Freeman just incredible that's a great performance yeah like in the just the um, the creative of it that they're in a strip club, club and French strip club and the girls have been masked in little French made outfits and there's a whip on stage and each each dancer has a character each of the boy character, dancers have a character like Nick Bass is a sailor, um, Brian's a businessman, Gil's like one of the, like a little gay boy, um, and, oh, what's his name, Nick, there's another name, there's two Nicks. Nick Lorenz, Lorenzi is it? Black, no, Nick, no. Nick Flores, oh. just another guy in a suit like Brian, and there's another Nick, black guy. We did, oh, I did, obviously Nick Larry, his brother. Anywho, but he's like a geek, and they all have a character, I think we'll stick, stay in that character the whole thing. And if the crowfee is so intricate, it, yeah. YouTube it, that's YouTube it. Should I can't find it on YouTube, that video anymore. I have it on my hard drive. Have it on my laptop. I think that's how I saw it before. Because I think I, I'll go to show everyone that the footage of Nick Bass. Like, right. this is why he's my favourite ever. See? So we have to be versatile, guys. Nick Bass is obviously one of the straightest guys. One of the, like... Manliest dancers manliest like ever. Dancers. But he's in, like, a sailor suit. Like, but his, cropped up. His top's cropped. And he's like, he does a little cute booty bounce. He hits a box split in a handstand. <laughs> he does hit yeah. a box split in a handstand. In a handstand, guys. It's quite a good box split as well. Yeah, exactly. It's flexible. Uh-huh. Like, if you ever see him do Janet from back in the day, uh, just a little while, on top of the pops, the crow is so hard. And the snatches and grabs in it, like, it's, the intricacy is ridiculous. And um, it looks so easy. Yeah, he's phenomenal. Mm. Phenomenal dancer. What is um, one of your proudest moments? Doing Janet. Doing dancing yeah. for Janet. Dance for Janet, yeah. And well, even auditioning. When I first auditioned in LA, when I got invited to audition, <clears throat> to audition by Gil, um, and I was number 1,155 wow. the, on the invite day. That's, That's they, on the invite day. They invited people, yeah. Over 1,500 people mm-hmm. to an invitational. And I was the last group to dance. Ugh. Yep. So we started at 7, we finished at 2 a.m. Yeah, on the invite day. Then we had a day off. They had, a, uh, they had invite day, then the second day was LA agencies and American agencies who they invited to come. And the third day was a recall. So did all my rounds, got through, yada, yada, yada. I get the um, recall day, so the third day. It starts at 7 again. The, for the invites, it starts at 7. So I'm waiting at Brian's 
house with Jerry because Jerry's got the recall as well. So I'm waiting there and I'm supposed to get picked up by a friend of mine at six. She doesn't come at six. So I'm calling her, no answer on the phone. Calling, calling, seven o'clock, audition started, no answer. Jerry's like, I'm going for eight o'clock. So um, you can just come with me. So basically she basically got locked out of her apartment and then had to get a taxi, couldn't phone me, yada yada, all the stuff in the house. Fine, I get it. Get to the audition. And bearing in mind, it's now the recourse that everyone's there. All the LA kids that made it through and all the invite kids that made it through. Walk in the room with my bag and Gil says, Oh, there you are. I've been looking for you all day. You're up. <laughs> Just got here. Just got here. So I put my bag down and he says, stops the whole room and says, Guys, this is a guy that I found from around the world. Me and this other guy. So these are two guys I found from around the world. So you should watch them. So everyone stops and watches us. Great. I mean, I slayed. <laughs> of course. I mean, I slayed. And what's his name? His name is Nick. And he was in the band with Craig Holloman. Nick, he's got light eyes. Nick for the mucker. He said that was really good. And Tony, Tony Tester, who I idolised, who's incredible. Tony Tester, again, research. <laughs> yeah. Research. He auditioned for Janet when he was 16 to choreograph, and he booked the job. 16 guys. Remember, I started when I was 16. Well, started working when I was 16. He bought Janet Jackson when he was 16. Video submission. That's ridiculous. Just saying. <laughs> yeah. Um, he came up to me and said, you're an awesome, awesome dancer. Gillian was in my audition, Gillian Myers. Another was, amazing dancer. Galen was in my audition. Daniel Polonko, Galen Hooks that is. Again, awesome. Daniel Polonko was in my audition. She was gangster. <laughs> Nick Bass, Reno, and Gil Choreograph. They had two, H-E, two mm-hmm. A's each. Oh no, lies. Tony, Gil, and Reno choreographed. Nick Bass was assisting. Tony's mm. was all like, was like hard and soft, like light and shade. Yeah. Gil's was just snatches and grabs the musicality, and Reno's was all footwork. Reno, like a song. Yes, I think I'm right. She's incredible. I think you're right too. Mm. She, I think she actually auditioned a few years before, Cisco was in her audition. And she forgot the whole routine. <laughs> and she then just cried. But then, oh. so imagine that. You forget the whole routine, you cry. Next day, you're choreographing. Thank you. <clears throat> so how did you get on in that audition? I got down to like the... F- I got through both days. Sorry, all, all of it. And then just waited for the call. Didn't get the call. Heartbroken, guys. Heartbroken. And then you booked it when it came to London, yeah, right? and then she came to London to do X Factor. And I was actually doing X Factor already. And Brian said to me... I said, can I go to the audition? He was like, you can go, but if you book it, my job becomes priority, because I was already doing the show, which I get. Yeah, of course. So audition with Janet, and then Gil said, when you come out, just let me know if you can do the job or not, or if you just want to be seen. So I came out, I was like, I can't do the job, I just want to be seen. So did it, did all the routine, got kept, and then then he cut me because I couldn't, obviously couldn't do the job. But then Dean Lee was assisting him. Dean Lee's incredible. You should know who he is. He's the assistant to the stars. He's so good, guys. Um, he um, then said, no, stay in the room and wait. <laughs> stay in the room and wait. So then... Um, he saved you. Saved me. So stayed, did all the rounds again, 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 again. Got down, cut down, cut down. And then booked it. And then I got three hours off. Because I was on doing x So me, Theo, Maddox, and um, James Collins got time off from Janet rehearsals. So you could do both? So we could do both, yeah. And that, I mean, that doesn't happen very often, I know, but right. that was a blessing. Yeah, so we rehearsed X Factor from like 10 to 6, 
and then would rehearse Janet seven till ten. I remember I went to that. That was my first ever audition in London. Oh wow! Um, and I remember Glen Ball, who helped me massively when I first started working as a dancer. Mm-hmm. Um, he contacted Dancers Inc. and got me put into the private call. And I remember everyone queuing up outside the audition place. Watch Music Bank. Music Bank. It was huge. I remember being yeah. like. The first time I'd ever seen that many people auditioning for yeah, for, one for one anything I'd never auditioned yeah. before, <laughs> and I went and I went into the private thing and I remember seeing you, Cisco, John, all these people that I used to idolise, but they had not a clue who I was. But they judged me at like UDO competitions, uh, and I remember being like, "I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be fine." And then literally, Gil taught like the first two eights, and I was literally like, "What the fuck is going on?" Like it was so hard, and I remember standing at the back, feeling really out of my depth. And I remember turning to John Graham and asking him for help, uh, just thinking, uh, uh, what do I do? I just asked for help and I asked him for help and he actually helped me. He went over the choreography with me and bearing in mind he had no idea who I was. Mm-hmm. Um, and he went over the choreography with me and I remember being like, oh my God, like he's the best. Like yeah, He yeah. helped me so much. Da, da, da. I mean, I got cut straight away. I think I went down the flames. I actually think I was in the same group as Cisco. So I remember going out and being like, oh my God, I'm with like my idols yeah. and I'm, I don't really know what I'm doing. I got cut straight away, but that was a huge eye opener for me. That yeah. was like, oh, welcome to the real world. You won a competition a few times. Right. You're not ready for this shit. Serious, yeah. right? Serious. That's what it was like in LA for me when I auditioned in LA because those kids that have played, there was, when I did one of my groups <clears throat> and someone stood in my position and they wouldn't mm-hmm. move. So I was waiting for them to move and they played the music and they weren't moving. So I had, to, I had to battle them for my position while doing the routine. <laughs> really? Fighting and kicking. Like, ridiculous. The tricks people were pulling out in the, in the LA audition was ridiculous as well. It's crazy. Yeah. It okay. is. Yeah. yeah. You want to go to LA, kids here. You need to make sure you're good here first. Yeah. And try and hang with the big boys. Not that, we're, not that they're that much better than us. There's the just so much more yeah. of them. There's so much more of them and their technique is incredible. Because I think they're trained, they're trained different. And their versatility is incredible. They're competition kids. Mm. Like, they, they compete in all styles. From when they're kids. And really? they spend thousands and thousands to go to these conventions every weekend. Mm-hmm. Like, we just don't have that. No. We don't have that here. We don't have that opportunity. No. And then over here, everyone's good at what they do. They don't, they don't branch out, I think. Not yeah. a lot does. Well, back in the day, we were. But not a lot of people branch out here to do things that make them uncomfortable. Like even if they just did one technique class, one, one, one class a month, that's 12 classes in, in a year. Well, I feel like here, and I was the same, so I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but here I feel like we think that we go to dance college, we do ballet every day for three years, and that classes us as a technical dancer. Yeah, no. But that's not, that's not the case. These guys have been doing it every day since they were like three. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not all of them, but the ones which are really good, that's why they're really good. It's exactly. The, it is all they do. And they're homeschooled there. They don't go to school. Yeah. They dance all day, every day. Mm-hmm. When I was there, I used to teach for the Millennium Youth Program. Mm-hmm. So I would teach the Millennium Kids classes. And I'd be like to the kids, so what have you done today? And they'd tell me all the classes they'd taken that day. And I'd be like, Didn't you, did, don't you go to school? And they're like, oh, my mum teaches me maths. Work. Okay. Like, Seriously. that is all they do. I think as well the mentality out there is different because dance and entertainment in America is, is so much bigger than it is here. Yeah. So like dance, they know it's a business from when they start. That's why I think a lot of dancers over there retire early. There's more money to be made there yeah, doing it. Exactly. Mm. 
a lot more money. Like they shoot most of the films there. I mean, it is getting better here. We do shoot films here now, but yeah, I feel yeah. like we shot more. They shoot way more there than yeah. they do here. I think. Do you know what it is? I think there's um. The the opportunities are bigger over there, for them to like. If you tour America, you tour in like, fifty two states or something like that. I don't know how many states they have. But you, you, over here, you do a tour. You do. London, well, you do England and possibly Ireland. Yeah, you don't. You're, do you're touring for six weeks as yeah. opposed to for six months. Yeah, exactly, or a year. They tour for like a year. Yeah, stuff like that. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's a very different kind of fish. A, it's a business out there. It's not just oh, I'm going to do the last class because it's my hobby. Some people it might be a hobby, but over there, it's it's very business orientated. When I was there, I remember them saying we had it in from Block, like they'd send out newsletters and stuff, and we used to have meetings. And at one of the meetings, uh. Laney, who's one of the directors, bosses or whatever, she said that in America, only 3% of professional dancers actually make a living from just dancing. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's there. Yeah, right. So I always think, like, I wonder what it's like here. I wonder how many people actually, like, make a living from mm. just dance. Not a lot. And you should be able to. That's what I don't understand. Another thing as well with rates and stuff, that I should be able to make a, a living from doing my job because it's, it's, it is Cause job. it's my job yeah it's my job I shouldn't have to work I shouldn't have to dance and then do another job here or work work at Starbucks here or do have like a little night hustle just to make ends meet and another thing why I always think this as well I've always thought this inflation happens right everything happens everything goes up inflation wise mm-hmm. in, in economically but our rates don't go up no not at all so how comes they go down yeah why does everything go up like people like Agencies, well, some agencies' commission goes up, but my rate stays the same. Yeah, me and well, Jamie Kritzis spoke about this as well on the yeah. on our podcast the other day, and it's like his he said that it hasn't changed from almost ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Like the dancers' rates yeah. haven't changed, but inflation has shot up massively. Exactly. So then it's like, well, then how are dancers meant to make a living off this? Like, if you, I, I always think about it when I try and explain our lives to quote unquote normal people. Mm-hmm like who work in McDonald's or something and they're like oh how much do you get paid and I'm like oh I get 250 a day minus commission commission yeah. and they're like oh my god you get that per day and I'm like yeah but that's not every day of the week yeah. and from that I've got to pay for my travel I've got to pay to look good because you're like go to the gym because you have to look good as a dancer because you never know when you're going to be topless uh, I've got to pay my tax I've got to um, eat <laughs> I've got yeah. to pay rent out of that all these things that, that mount up like if you work a normal job you get a wage every month so you know what you're getting so you can like you can put bits aside and stuff mm-hmm. and if you work commercially your your um the opportunities aren't there for you to work every day no this, this is not the work there or this no is not the job that's there. the difference i think that's the pro of be if you're in the west end yeah like you're on a weekly salary mm-hmm. and it's not as like per show they don't get paid as much as you do as a commercial dancer but yeah. the regular money yeah makes a different lifestyle absolutely absolutely People buy houses and like, I know, I've known people just be in a show because they bought a house and they've got the constant steady money. They, they get comfy. Mortgage. Yeah, which it makes sense. I get it. A hundred percent. Yeah, but. Do you think know. that? What about the hustle? Do you think agents could make a difference to that for us? Yes, if, if agents weren't as, do you know what? It's not even sometimes. It's not even the agents' fault as well. If but if they, if we had a union, we don't have a union here in, in England for dancers. If there was a union where we had like some set rules that everyone had to abide by, <clears throat> no matter what agency you're with, because some agents are fine. The agents that I have are fine with me because I have a relationship with my agents. 
think that's what a lot of dancers forget as well that you are your business so you have to put in the time to make your relationship good so that you get work you can't just be like I'm a dancer and then and I'm good (laughs) and moan that you're not getting work if you don't put in the time if you don't promote yourself to your agent who's supposed to be getting you work then how are they supposed to know that you're there or they're not going to look they're not going to think no one's going to offer you a job if they don't know you're there no one's going to try and give you a job you have to be good enough to earn that job yeah in every in every um, profession you have to be good enough at your job and and uh, what's the word <sighs> what's the word damn it what are you looking for <laughs> right like you have to put yourself out there yeah you have see. to advertise yourself yeah. you have to let people know you're there otherwise people don't know mm. and like if you think there's everyone if in the dance industry on, on agents books there's probably have about just say they had about 3,000 dancers so yeah. they're not going to remember but, you won and there's not 3,000 jobs yeah there's exactly. probably 30 yeah if like that. if that if that commercially as well so what do you think will help and what, people and jobs that you're suitable for as well so what do you think will help people be that person that the agent goes to, to well I think you got to have a, a, uh, they have to have a, a business mentality when it comes to work I don't just think it's fun because I mean jobs are fun you get to work with your mates so it is it is fun mm-hmm. but you always have to remember that you, it's a business you're getting paid to do a job you're not just showing up and having, you are showing up and having fun because it's your friends but you have to show up and do your job right and do yeah. your job correctly um, yeah it's a business guys it's a two way streak your agents work for you but you also need you also need to put in the work yourself as well yeah for them to work for you you can't suspect things nothing yeah. comes for free and I always think that once you once you set the standard and you set a bar you can't drop below that yeah, exactly. You always have to stay above that. Like, I don't understand why a lot of dancers don't go to... Well, I get it, it's confidence. A lot of dancers don't go to class once they leave college or they start working, they stop going to class. Which I said to Kane off camera, I'm going to say it again. You're never going to evolve if you just keep doing easy stuff. And you got to remember, when you, when you left college, you were the new kid on the block. So you were, you were trying to come for someone else who's already established your job. Yeah, so, so you, you were trying to be seen everywhere. Yes, yeah, so you've got to think that someone else is leaving college or people are leaving college every year and they're coming for your job basically yeah they're your new competition it's always a younger faster fitter model <laughs> uh, do, can you recommend any classes that you think people would benefit from taking like what ones do you look at now as an experienced dancer and what ones do you think that these are definitely classes that people should be in it's all the old school teachers but there's not even a lot like I teach um, John Graham Marco's really good but I, I don't know how to say his second name he's Slovenian Stamankovic there you go. That's what he just said. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. uh, so, John, myself, Cisco teaches, but he lives in Elena, so it's very random and sporadic. Uh, what's it? There's a new studio called Bass. What's in Bass? I couldn't even tell you. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Thank you. And Lucas for technique, Lucas McFarlane. Yeah, Ricky's and great Ricky, as well. Yeah, and Ricky. And there's a new girl called Lauren, Lauren Kate Seymour. She teaches at bass as well. Um, Richie, I don't say her second name either. She teaches at bass. <laughs> Brazilian. Um, good for like, you should take, yeah, take, you should take enough classes that you have a variety. Like don't just take the, gla- the classes that you're good at. You need to be able to struggle because the only way you learn is by struggling. <laughs> and I think, I think if you think of how much a dance class is now compared to how much a dancer earns, 
it's quite hard to invest a lot of money in class. Yeah. So I just think if you're going to invest your money in classes, invest in ones wisely. Like, look at the people whose classes you're taking and be like, what have they got to offer me besides cool steps and an Instagram video? So I always never understand why. So for me, I always look at, I use John Graham as an example. Like, John Graham's class isn't very busy with professional dancers. Mm. And I'm like, I don't, maybe people don't like it or they don't think it's cool. But I'm like, he has more than just steps to teach you because he's got... 10 years worth of industry experience in mm. dancing for almost every artist from this country and almost America. Yeah. And then I'll see young people's dancers with very, very little experience, but of good social media following, like we were saying earlier, mm-hmm. and the classes are rammed out, and then these people want to be dancers. You're not getting taught anything. You're just learning mm. steps. Yeah. I think a lot of people as well want to teach, but don't know how to teach. They just want to, they're in it for the, the accolade but not in it for the purpose of teaching, which is to teach someone something. You yeah. should leave the class and you should know something about yourself. Even if you made the wrong choices in class, you've learned something. Well, class is all about choices. Yeah. Like, it's all about making a choice. Mm-hmm. That's how you improve and don't. Sometimes yeah. the best way to go to learn to be better is by going wrong. You know? Exactly. So, so do the right classes, kids. <laughs> um, I'm not saying that you should come to my class or just go to the people that I mentioned this class, but you should... You're investing when you went when people when you left or when you went to dance college, you researched and picked the best one that was for you, right? Yeah. But you didn't just go to any old one. It should be the same in class. And if it's a struggle, it means you're learning. <clears throat> Remember, it's still training. <clears throat> like when you first did maths, it was hard, right? <laughs> still is, bro. <laughs> you had to learn how it to still do. is. That's why I dance. Yeah, right. Count to eight and then around it. That's um, how you learn. So now you're a choreographer. Yeah, ish. Still breaking the well, No, you're a choreographer. You've choreographed lots of big things now. Yeah. You know, you choreographed for Anne-Marie. You've done quite a lot yeah. with her lately. I'm still... I'm always going to be a dancer, though. I wouldn't just... As in... Because I'm always going to love dancing. I'm always... I'd always dance with certain people. Yeah. But... Yeah. And you still always take class. Yeah. That's right. Um. So, you, who else... What else have you choreographed recently? Recently. Recently. Brag. Oh, I don't know bragging. I'm not going to do this. Yes, you can. Come on. No. Tell us... What have I done? I don't know. What are some moments for you which, like, went choreographing, you were like, this feels like a dream come true? Ooh, so, to Anne-Marie was a really big one, because it just worked out so perfectly, and she loved it, and it just, it was just really, it was just a really good gig. The way it was shot, it went, like, looking at, back at it, and like, he did good. Yeah. And first, the first time was MTV Awards in Rotterdam, which was dope. It was so stressful, though. Because I had to sit, I had to do choreography, down down a catwalk, walking down a catwalk, stop at the end of catwalk for photos, and then take the choreography back up to the main stage and finish on the main stage. <laughs> and you danced in it. Yeah, and danced in it. Nice. And I'd never worked Anne before, and I didn't even know who she was, so I had to YouTube her. <laughs> when me. I knew who Anne was, I went on when I was doing the summer tour with Imani mm-hmm. Williams. Anne was the opening act for all the festivals, mm-hmm. and she had literally no fans, and now. <laughs> Know, exploded man. so good and she's such a lovely girl as well such a lovely person <clears throat> that and uh, I choreographed last year around this time actually me and my lobster Emma Borsch again great teacher but she doesn't live in London anymore yeah but if she's here yeah right we used to, yeah yes he was the one my lobster me me um, we choreographed a tour for an artist called Matt Pokora 
who is French. He's basically the French Justin Timberlake. And we choreographed... Um, Hire me. Right, right. <laughs> it was all girls, though. We actually got a girl fired. Uh, Why? She couldn't, she couldn't keep up. Because what do you mean? We went in guns blazing. She struggled? Yeah, she struggled after the first day. Eats. And like, it, like when we had to show him, she was making mistakes. And they were, like, I think the, the people that hired her were the one person that really wanted her. They, the choreographers, well, the creative director said, look, she's not going to be good enough. And he was like, no, I want her. So then they got her and then they saw. Oh, wow. So, yeah, me, me and Ema together aren't a joke. <laughs> 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 not incredibly hard, but we cute. <laughs> yeah, you cute. Yeah, and we actually we did. Um, I think we had. I think we had, there was eight, ten songs in the tour. They originally gave us three songs, and then gave us a fourth song when we got there. Mm-hmm. And then the last night we're like, "Can you do this other song?" Because we don't like the crow feed that we have for it. So we did five songs out of the ten songs on tour. Oh, amazing! Which is great. Yeah. You also choreographed for Dance Dance Dance. Yeah. How was that? Mm. You can be honest. That's what we're here for. I'm, I'm gonna be honest. Um, the choreographing—it was—it's almost like more money, more problems. Like, <laughs> like because I danced in it for two we, years. Before, we, we we danced on it together yeah. the yeah. very first season, and it, it was, was the most horrific experience of my entire dance career. It was so much stress, which is—it was really hard to understand why it was so stressful, because some of the people that we were working for were dancers. So and very should, experienced dancers. Yeah, so they should have understood. Like, we were, what were we supposed to do? We were um, contracted for like 60 hours a week. Yeah. But we were doing like 80, 90 hours a week. It was just ridiculous. Once I got a call at two in the morning saying that I now have rehearsals at nine. I get to the rehearsal at nine. Not wanting to go though, but still went because they picked us up. So the car arrived. Got to the rehearsal and I learned four eights of clapping. Yeah. Four eights of clapping. <laughs> four eights. We shared a room there. You were a happy, a happy yeah. bunny. Four eights of clapping. Then they're supposed to drop me home. There was no car to drop me home, so I had to wait an hour and a half to get taken home after that rehearsal. For four eights of clapping. Yeah. The trials and tribulations of dancing. Yo, you got asked back at least. I didn't even get asked back for that. Yeah, see, I got asked back, did the second year. And it was still more money, more problems. Like, we thought it would have changed, but no, still the same things. Um, which is hard when, you t- when people ask you for feedback and you tell them what's wrong, but they don't take it on, they just ignore it and still think they know best. But they've never done, they've never worked with us before or worked with dancers before. So you, you ask us to tell you what's wrong and how we can fix it. We give you suggestions. Yeah. And you totally ignore them. But that's when it's down to the dancers to all unite and stand together. Yeah. Like, the one thing I always think that dancers don't do very well is communicate with each other. We're very afraid of being the people to say no. We like to just say yes to everything as a a collective, as a whole. Whereas... Not me and not you. (laughs) No, hence I wasn't asked, asked back. Yeah. But I think what would help a lot of dancers if you work together, because we don't have a union... We don't have a group of behind us yeah. which are going to save us. Our agents can only do so much and are only willing to do so much because they will also lose their livelihood and their contracts with them if they, yeah. if, they if they, act up and say something wrong. 
So it's not just a case of us getting fired for doing not what they like. Then the agents could possibly lose that yeah, con- yeah, stuff like that, that contract too. But it depends on your agent though, because yeah, some yeah. will save you, some won't. But I just think as dancers, you all need to stand together. Mm. Which and we did. We, we did first year. We did. Yeah. But you need to communicate and make sure that you're treated correctly. Mm. Like you need to make sure the people you work with. So you're not getting called in just to do f- claps yeah. three hours early. And then having to wait an hour and a half to get dropped home. To get dropped home. Mm-hmm. Second year was not as... It was more what was happening, kind of, was like the, the choreographers were having trouble with the production and we were getting the brunt of it because we were the dancers usually at the bottom of the totem pole. We were always the last to know something but the first to go on stage. <laughs> yeah, like, learning numbers as yeah. you're walking on. Mm. And what was weird about working with them is that you had to physically be not be able to move for them to take any notice of you being injured. Like when I did the job, three of my ribs popped out in oh. my back, right? Yeah. How did that happen? Because apparently I'm like gymnast Barbie and I have a very bendy back. So they pop out and pop back in all the time. But this time they popped out and didn't go back in. I went to see the physio and the physio said, your ribs are out. <clears throat> the physio left. I told him the physio said, my ribs are out. I need to get him cracked back in, but he wasn't, he wasn't qualified to do it. Mm-hmm. So I said, I need to go and see, go to the physio's office to get one of the other um, physio people to um, crack it back in. They tell me, no. <laughs> <laughs> now go. <laughs> no, you got rehearsals. I said, did you hear what I said? My ribs are out. <laughs> and they were like, yeah, but we have to call the physio first and see what he says. I said, he's just left. Did you not hear what I said? My ribs are out. <laughs> so, <laughs> I sat down, sat down in the rehearsal and said, I'm not dancing. If you want me to do the show on Saturday or not, I said, I sat down and didn't dance until I got to go and see the physio. So you had to physically be injured <laughs> for them not to take any notice. Like, we were working like, it was, yeah, it was, it was a lot. It's not that. We were learning, we were learning numbers. Like, it was, we learned like 10 numbers a day. Hmm. Some, something crazy like that but not just a little number the full song Ugh. and like when I did it second year there was one um, one couple that wanted us to rehearse all the time and I missed out going to see Rihanna because <laughs> right right. I had backstage tickets to Rihanna to my friend that's Rihanna but because the, the celebrity wanted to rehearse with us and because she was friends with the guy who owns the show she would go over the production team and talk to the guy who owned the show and he was like, yeah, just give her the rehearsal, give her the time she wants. So we would have to... Sabotage. Yeah, sabotage. <laughs> sabotage. Yeah, crazy. And then when I went back the third year, thinking I'm on the other side now, I'm choreographing. No. Same troubles. Zero communication. Zero communication. There was... The house I was living in for six weeks had um, building works, the refurbishing the apartment upstairs. So I said, I, I, well, no, this isn't going to work for me. I can't sleep here. Yeah, I can't sleep at 7 a.m. in the morning, guys, people drilling. No, that's not happening. Um, there, there can't be any, any building work happening. They said the, the landlord was saying there's no building work. I took voice notes and videos of it happening. And then they were like, oh, it's because there's a leak. So, so why is now there a leak? But two minutes ago when I asked you, there's, there was no leak and it wasn't happening. And they refused to move me. So being who I am, <laughs> with no power, all I could do was not talk to them. <laughs> <laughs> so you mute. So I was mute. <laughs> You've got a tendency to do that when you're not in a good way. If, you, if something doesn't go your way, you either cuss out or you just don't speak at all. Because I didn't want to say anything. You see, your mum says always say, if you have nothing else to say, don't say anything at all. 
I was mute for six weeks, guys. I'll never forget when we were doing Dance, Dance, Dance. We shared the room. And I'd be like, Sean, are you okay? Sean. Sean, John, drink. And you'd fully blank me. Mute, guys, just, mute. Just give me, just look at me. I don't want to say something that I mean. Because <laughs> in that moment, I mean it. And I won't apologise for it. Because at that moment, if you're being a cunt, you're being a cunt. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you you're being a cunt. In my eyes, if you're being a cunt. So, and I'm, I'm not going to apologise because that's how I felt. Brilliant. <laughs> so I don't really say mean things. So was that, a, was that one of your worst moments choreograph- as a choreographer? Was that one of the, the hardest, most difficult times? Yeah, because they, 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 wanted, they wanted a lot and they expected a lot, which was what we gave. What I thought I gave, but they might have had a different, um, <laughs> a different view of what I gave. But they was, it was always us giving and not receiving. Mm-hmm. Like, how are you going to put me in somewhere? Knowing that you, I need to choreograph, right? And I've got, there's, there's more, what's the word? I have more, a, a bigger load yeah. than just dancing. Yeah. So I have to be creative and, and like teach the celebrity and the dancers, yada, yada, yada. But you're not going to look after my home life. Like, and you know it's happening. Like, I tell you that I'm not, I'm not, being, I'm not sleeping because they're building every morning and, and at night. And I come to the house and the walls are wet. I come to the house and the key doesn't work and stuff like that. But I still must come to work and be happy and jolly with you. Yeah. I don't get it. So like, nothing got solved? No, nothing got solved. Fantastic. Like you, want, you want me to... I can't smile and be happy with you. Personally, I can't... For me, I just can't switch off like that. I can't be fake. Yeah. If you piss me off, then you're going to know. Were there any amazing moments of that job, though, besides that? Our, well, our, our celebrity couple that we were... Well, one of the couples that we were in charge of, they got the first tens of the season. Even though they're telling me I was, I was lazy. How am I lazy, but she's getting tens? <laughs> Doesn't add up, does it? <laughs> something wrong in this water hey yeah. yeah that was that was pretty good like do you know what as well it's what sucks as well as dancers we always seem to make it happen regardless of how it's like the, sh- the show must go on yeah no so, matter what stress you're under yeah, so we always you'll figure it out yeah like <laughs> I ran on stage before and I ran into a light and split my eye open my eyebrow open but then just turned around and ran back on and carried, did the scene doing it into the hoods George Sampson, it was George Sampson's, but it was his fault why I spit my eye open. <laughs> shit. Yeah. Um, and then just had to carry on. You always make it happen. I've danced in a size 8 shoe before. I've danced in a size 10. I'm and I'm an 8. I'm a size 12. Wow. I put on a size 8. Driving shoe as well, so there's no stretch. Nice. Do you see, you know? And a golf shoe. And I walked the catwalk and then played golf. Nice. I literally crawled my feet in the air to the catwalk. <laughs> Toes curling. Yeah, literally, my feet were throwing gang signs. It was disgusting. Yeah, the show must go on. The show must go mm-hmm. on. Um, what What else do you have that you want to accomplish? Like, what's next for you? What What What's your goals? I don't know yet. You know, um, I'm not I'm not worried that I don't know yet, but I haven't figured that out yet. I I never really like. With me, I wasn't. Even, I didn't even want to dance when I was a kid. I didn't start dancing until I was, until I was fifteen. That's only because I heard some girls talking about the Brit School, so I followed them, and then <laughs> that's why I started dancing. That sounds cool. Right, I was on the bus on the bus going home from school, and I heard some girls talking about it, so followed them on the bus all the way to the Brit School, 
and then applied the only college I applied for and then just went got in and started dancing that's how I started dancing so it's always like everything's just fit in slotted in when it needs to be yeah like so I started dancing playing dancing with my friend Tonya Pedersen who's incredible she's like old school again google her guys she's like oh she used to dance for B and like for team she used to assist for team Robinson again another legend mm. but I had, I had to work for the team as well um, but she then asked me to cover a class one day and I was literally nervous as hell but then that was my first time teaching and then I became her assistant and she had to do things like go to class and make up on the spot no 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 boo boo <laughs> that's, that's too much stress though we don't do and, uh, that yeah 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 so we used to do that go in and, and make it up on the spot and she'd be like yeah it's fine no it's not no that's not okay that's, that's not okay because I'm stressed out <laughs> you're looking at me and like I should have boobs and I'm looking at you like you should have boobs 30 people behind staring yeah, at you exactly. like, what's next and her classes was a ramo no 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 didn't like that but you know you did it trained me up <laughs> well now look man. Yeah, yeah, yeah right yeah so now, now your classes are packed so it taught you something that's right had to bring in a crowd, girl. <laughs> so do you, do you see yourself going into doing more creative stuff? Would you like to do more choreography? Would you like to go in a yeah. creative direction route? I don't think I'd do creative direction. I don't think. But I, I don't know. I didn't know I was going to dance. I didn't know I was going to choreograph. So it could happen. But as of now, I don't think so. I don't know what I want to do. As in... I don't, I don't have a set goal like, I need to do this and then I'll stop dancing. Or, yeah. This is what I need to achieve next. I just, I, it just, for me, it just kind of flows. If it feels right, then it, then it's right. Like, like I don't dance. You don't force like, anything. Yeah, I don't, I don't fight as well. Some people fight for these jobs, which I probably should do more. But um, I'm not one to be like, to be shady to get a job or, like, yeah, get crazy just, just for the job because it's just a gig, guys. It's just dancing. If you're supposed to be on a gig, you're supposed to be on a gig. If not, because you're only going to go on the gig and fuck up or miss another opportunity that you're supposed to have, or a, a bigger opportunity that you should have had because you fought to get the wrong gig. Yes. Let it be organic. If it's right, it's for you. Mm. I like that. I wish everyone would take that on board. I mean, like, dancing is a hustle and you have to put yourself out there to, and be seen at the right jobs. But there's certain things you can't force. And you shouldn't... You shouldn't ever do wrong by someone to get yourself in a better position because... The, that is for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. And you, you've, you've shown your true character. Yeah. Because someone always knows, someone's always watching vicious. <laughs> so when you're, as a choreographer, when you're looking to hire dancers, mm-hmm. what, what, what do you look for in a dancer? Cleanliness. And the ability to do as you're told. <laughs> and be a smart dancer. I always say when I'm teaching, um, I teach at Wilkes Academy, mm-hmm. and I always say to the, the students, smart dancers do better than good dancers. Because it doesn't matter how good you are if you make dumb decisions, being mm. th- how good you are doesn't get to be shown. No. Whereas if you're a smart dancer, you kind of don't you do no wrong. Yeah, you figure stuff out. We need to figure stuff out. Use your initiative. Take the right classes that will train you up to be a working dancer. Because some of the working dancers, if I'm honest, aren't that great, but they know what to do at when, the right when, time. Yes, when it comes to like being on stage or being on camera. Or getting to rehearsal on time. Yeah. This is the simplest guys. things. Lateness is the worst thing for a dancer. You should never be late. Leave your house. Even if it has to be an hour late, hour earlier, sorry. Leave an hour later or half an hour earlier. Get the earlier train because you never know what's going to happen on the way there. 
being late changes your destiny. What? I feel like fact. Oprah. I feel like Oprah. Oprah get it? You get one. Oprah. You get a fact. You get a fact. <laughs> Oprah's tall. That's for, yeah, right? Um, so I always ask everyone this. Do you, what's your most embarrassing moment as a performer or a choreographer within your career? Have you got any moments where you're like, I can't believe that? Like, if you could go back in time, you'd rewind it and change it. Any bloopers? Anything to make the blooper real? No, I haven't. No, I haven't done a blooper. Oh, I didn't, do, well, I did it in rehearsals. So one week, right, I was supposed to do Whitney Houston for X Factor. But then I auditioned for it and got booked. Me and my friend, again, Tanisha, my ride or die. We auditioned for Whitney when she came over to do X Factor. Mm-hmm. But then we found out the rate wasn't very good. Cause, because the agents undercut the original agent. Boo <laughs> like, you, agents. I think, I think Priscilla had it first, Priscilla Samuels. And then somebody else came in and undercut her. So basically they Whoever did, you are, you're an ass. They did, um, <laughs> they did, I think they did the whole thing for 500. Rehearsals and, rehearsals and show for a whole week yeah for 500 pounds yes I like how many rehearsals they were rehearsal all week like Monday Monday to Saturday I don't know if I want to say bigger fool to the agent or bigger fool to the dancers for saying yes right and bearing in mind I think that that ITV pay half of the TV rates and the TV rates 250 so ITV pay 125 of that it's Whitney Houston boo yeah she got coin well she had when she best herself she got money. Yeah. I ain't doing that. And they were rehearsing. They would finish at 10 o'clock at night. So I, I pulled off. Me and Tanisha pulled off. And then we got booked for X Factor that weekend anyway. Uh-huh. So I came in on the Saturday. The stress of X Factor. Brian choreographing. Um, they had rehearsed all week with X Factor dancers. I came in on the Saturday. Learning in the cafe at 9 a.m. in the morning. Then Brian put me at the front. In the middle. With Theo my opposite. And Theo is incredible. So... He's in a pocket that I'm not even in yet because I don't know what these steps are. And he's known it for four days. Yes, yeah, he's known it for four days. And then Brian says, to, says so what you're going to do is you're going to come out and do the chorus on the right side and then you're going to change to the left side and then you're going to go back to the right side doing the choreography. I said, what? Yeah, and it was literally about three moves. It's not the whole chorus, just one section. It was three moves that he changed and did it on the right, then changed to the left, then changed to the right again. Bitch, I was so confused. <laughs> It's the only, I think it's the only time I've ever been so confused in all my life. So in rehearsals and tech run, I just couldn't get it right. Every time we did it, I would fuck it up. Just wasn't that Every it. time. And then for the show, they put us on first, and then they put me in shoes that were way too slippery. So I'm stressing out more. But then I, I got it. You got it together. Got that together at the last minute. I know a time you didn't have it together. What? Me and you went out partying. Uh, before our first day of rehearsals there you go. for that Britain's Got Talent. Yeah. And we went to the box yes. and we stayed out until about stupid AM and then we went back to Duncan from Blue's house for an after party. Yeah. And I think we left his house at 6.30 or 7. 7. Have rehearsals at 9. Rehearsals at 9 for Britain's Got Talent with Ryan Chappelle. Okay. So I think we went back to yours and showered. Yeah. And then went straight to work. Oh, I rehearsed from 9 till 6. With Ryan Chappelle learning the most full out combo to Wimmer Keys. Oh, Oh, we're Mickey's. Oh, we're fun. And I remember thinking, we've got this. Like, no one even knows. No one knows we haven't slept and yeah. vodka's pouring out of our face. Literally. We've got this. And then going for lunch and coming back. And being like... And couldn't remember a damn There's step. the wall. There's the wall. <laughs> there it is. 
There's the word it would have hit. Just couldn't remember a Crash. single step. And I was literally so proud of myself in that morning. I was like, no one even knows we're killing this. Look at the game. We're like pr- true pros. Yeah. Little did we know. Yeah. Very know. amateur that day. Yeah. Very amateur, guys. <laughs> amateur would be polite. Yeah. <laughs> I was me, yes. So, that sleep was... before rehearsals. Always, guys. Sleep is your friend. It sure yeah. is. That's, I think that's... That and that one time when Brian. Yeah, that was a boopsie for me. You have to be like, like being, you have to be on it, guys. Brian once gave me 12 notes in like literally about 30 seconds. <laughs> gave me and Theo 12 notes in 30 seconds. And we were on opposite sides of the stage. We couldn't even confer when we got backstage to say, to be like, what did he say? <laughs> what don't we have to do? What's going on? Yeah. He sees everything. Yes. He is the messiah of people going wrong. He sees you go wrong. Yeah, he will come for you. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. It's like he wants you to go wrong. He tests you to see if you can. He does. He tests you, Brian does. I love it. But sometimes I don't want the test. <laughs> yeah. He was nice to me. Yeah. He was always he good does. to me. He, he gave me my visa to go to LA, but mm. I, I remember seeing him kill some people. Mm-hmm. He shut some people down. You don't want to be that girl. Because once that happens to you, or a girl like that, once you get shut down, just in general, then you're going to be more stressed out, which isn't going to make you underperform. Yeah. It's always be on, if you have to practice 57 times, for Janet, I practiced that shit so much. I looked at the crazy man at the station going home after rehearsals, dancing full out at London Bridge. I remember <laughs> doing this. People coming, to me, coming up to me thinking I'm busking. <laughs> it's my dream job. I had to make sure I was perfect, and I was in such a cute pocket. I remember Elliot Ross Bodman telling me that when he did Jedwood, um, I think it was Jedward for the NTAs with yeah, Vanilla yeah. Ice yeah. and they had this little footwork step kind of like a heel toe kind yeah. of good Brian foot James Brown step Brian. and he couldn't get it so Brian was giving him grief in rehearsals so he went home and stayed up all night practicing it and he was so proud of himself because he got it but he was stressing Boom. and by the time he got back the next day for the show in the tech when they put boxes in front of their feet so <laughs> you couldn't see the step <laughs> yep Brian's a killer. <coughs> Brian's the king of one-liners too. <laughs> he, Sabotage. Yeah, he's ripped so many people. I've been on stage with people and he said to them, there are 12 other people on stage waiting for you to get it right. We're not moving on until you get it right. <laughs> yeah. Don't double book if you can't do the job. If you can't perform with my job. Ugh. Yeah. Remember him calling one girl Bug Eye? Look, I remember him telling... Anybody, bug's life, Bug's life, that's it. When you make a mistake as well, he doesn't... Not doesn't pull you over to a corner until you've made a mistake. <laughs> he makes a spectacle of you. Yeah. So you know that you're making the mistake. Yeah, the example of yeah. the room. And he doesn't look at you. <laughs> he would talk to you on the mic and not look at you. I remember one time we were doing, um, we were doing Fleur East and it, we were doing Bang Bang, but like uh, a jazz version of it. And he didn't like the choreography, the original choreography, so we changed it on stage. And he was calling me, but I couldn't hear him. So we got the mic and said, Sean, can you hear me? And I was like, no, no, no. No, I can't. I can't hear you. He's like, okay, do this instead. And I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> because, he, because Simon was watching, he was ready to rip off people's heads. It was a stressful, yeah, that time at X Factor. Yeah, it is stressful. Area 51, guys. If you've never been to Area 51, you never danced. Well, it's <laughs> gone. Yeah, I know, right? There's no more Area 51. I, never, I haven't been to the new place. Pure, poor future dancers. Yeah, you will never know what it's like to learn a number half an hour before you go on stage. Crying in Area yeah. 51. Yeah, you'll never know what it feels like. No, that's horrific. 
Not that you want to. No. You don't want to crouch. <laughs> oh. Right then, Shawnee. Yes. Thank you very much for being on the Ins and Out podcast. Ta-da. Ta-da. Very cool. And you would make it happen. Right, yeah, you would. We'll definitely do it again. Absolutely, we need a part two. Yeah, I feel like me and you could just ramble all night. And it will still make a good podcast. Well, I hope so. I feel like... But I've had fun. Have you seen um, uh, the Ricky Gervais show? He's kind of old now, though. No. Him and um, Carl Pilkington and Steve McQueen, I want to say. They used to get into a room like this and just talk about life stuff. Carl Pilkington is very, very funny because he's almost got like a childlike mind. Yeah. So things they say to him, he's like, well, I don't know. I don't know what I'd like. What would you? What superpower would you have if you could have superpower? Well, I don't know if I want a superpower. I'm not asking you that. <laughs> Watch it, guys. What superpower would you have? If I ooh. see, everyone wants. To, I want to fly, right? Just to be up and free like a bird. But you know what? It's cold up there. I'm black. I like the heat. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna fly. I'm gonna teleport to yeah. places. Everything I teleport. See, I would go for that, but I don't want to steal yours. That's a good one, though. Just to be like, I want to be there. Go. Yeah, boom. Like Nightcrawler, without the night and the crawling. Just <laughs> teleport. Yeah. Mine would be like... I mean, it's not really... Is it Spider-Man? Has he got superpowers? Like, I like the fact of falling and then catching yourself. Because I feel like we're flying. If you can fly, then there's no risk. It's like, yeah. I can fly. Like, you know what I mean? It's just a bit... It's a bit easy. Once yeah. you can do it, it's like everything's easy. Is I kind of like the thought of Spider-Man being like, I'm falling, I've got a web, and if I don't make it, I'll die. Web, maybe. Mm. Plus he can climb shit. But also, I'd like to be Rogue from X-Men, who's got the super strength, and mm. she can fly. Okay. But then she steals people's powers, so she can, she can kill you, though, by stealing powers. But, um, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, do you know what I mean? I like a bit of a risk to it. Yeah. Like, so, imagine, like, everything having no risk. Like, as humans, we kind of seek risk without really knowing it. Mm-hmm. Like, imagine you were... A, so there's this story of, a like, a gambler. Mm-hmm. Um, it's from a TV show. I heard this on another podcast yesterday, I think. So he goes... Uh, it's like a guy who dies, or he does something really bad and steals money or something. And he goes to... He dies and wakes up in a hotel room. Mm-hmm. And the person in the hotel room greets him and goes, Hey, welcome, you made it. In this world, you can have everything you've ever wanted and you can get everything you ever dreamed of mm-hmm. so this person's like what and like yeah everything you do you'll always win you'll always do everything right everything is yours so the person's a gambler so he goes to the casino and he's gambling and every time he gambles he wins so mm-hmm. at first he's like oh my god this is amazing like I win everything mm-hmm. and then they come back to him two years later and he's like this world is so boring like nice. everything is always so right and there's no risk. Yeah. And like, what on earth is going on? And then the guy who died, who's the gambler, said to the person who greeted him in the hotel room, when I died, I didn't expect heaven to be like this. And the guy's response was, who said you're in heaven? Uh. <laughs> you know? Because like, it's all perfect and it yeah. seems perfect, but that doesn't mean it's heaven. No. Like actually it's hell because you end up, everything's too right. Yeah, you can't. There's no risk. There's no reward then. Yeah. Without risk, there's no reward. Same with your career, mate. That's cool, though, right? And yeah, I was like, this is, I never thought of that before. Yeah, like you, you need to take a chance and stuff, like doing things that you wouldn't usually do in life to keep it exciting, kind of. Like you need, you need to to push yourself. Yeah. To achieve your greatness, to unlock your greatness, you need to push yourself. Or you just coast along and be bored. 
Some people are happy coasting. Coasting doesn't make you a star. Yeah, I don't want to be a cruiser. Yeah. yeah. Hell no. I don't need to be a star either, but, you know, personal risk, risk that's personal to you, like things that you wouldn't, you should do. Like, even simple things like going to the gym, yeah. <laughs> working out, getting yourself fit. Just take yourself out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Something where you might fail. Mm. If you play safe all the time, how boring. You never understand what it's like to, you would never, if you're always coasting, you never fall, you never know what it's like to rise, basically, almost. Yeah. If you're always just like, oh, I'm happy here. Yeah. I'm not saying try and do something crazy. But you have to be at your comfort zone sometimes. Push yourself. Yeah. Anyways, we're rambling again. Yeah. Thank you very much, Sean. Anytime, sweet up. Thank you for listening to the Ins and Outs podcast. Please make sure you subscribe, leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes, and also make sure you're following us on Instagram, at the Ins and Outs underscore. Thank you very much, and until next time, the Ins and Outs.